Traverso from the Waffle Press podcast. Uh, Nick's here. Hey, guys. Uh, Diego, unfortunately, could not make it this evening, but we have an awesome guest with us, uh, Marco A. Diaz from Mayo Productions. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us. Uh, cool to have a classmate from Cal State LA on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a great school, and I listen to the show, so it's pretty cool to be on it. Oh, thank you. Thank dude. you very much. Um, first, you know, on most shows, uh, we usually break it down for the, for the viewers just on who exactly we have for us, especially with us. Uh, Marco, what can you tell us about what you do in the industry and stuff? Well, I'm a writer and a director, and I also uh, freelance in post-production for a couple of shows. So uh, I've worked on a couple of things, uh, such as uh, Amazon show called I Love Dick, uh, Mr. Robot recently. The last season, I was the post-production coordinator and uh, freelance pretty much an independent film as well. Nice. Nice. Just for people who don't know, right, like, uh, what exactly does a post-production coordinator do? Like, what exactly uh, Right. A post-production coordinator uh, pretty much works with the post-producer and the post-supervisor, and together they're the team that heads the group of editors and uh, the sound department and pretty much everything. They help people organize the show from pretty much uh, and everything that goes from post-production. You know, after it's been shot, they help put it together, help put together the teams that will edit it, organize how the different episodes will be uh, put together the music, the special effects, and they bring everything together in order to make sure that the show is ready to air. Nice, yeah. So you basically help put together everything. Yeah, what a <laughs> we organize budget, everything, all the hard work. Yeah, <laughs> all the hard work. Yeah, after yeah. the actors, everything else goes. Yeah. <laughs> so people like me can just like focus on editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We work with people, and we never with editors. And I mean, we pretty much get super. Why do we never get to go out, see the sun, and we're working 12 hours a day, slaving away, just like Gene knows. You yeah, know what? Exactly. I thought Gene was getting paler. So yeah. that's <laughs> how you know that he's an editor. He's. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool. And then you just, uh, which are you were just working on a documentary? Uh, the, the, no, the documentary was the first thing, one of my first projects that I shot, uh, Place for Lydia. So that uh, that premiered at Slamdance and uh, won an award for best adventure documentary, and for it also screened um, on the Fusion Network. And that was my first uh, adventure as a filmmaker, my first project that was mine. Nice, that's, that's really cool. Can you tell us any, like how exactly that was? You know, putting together yeah. Yeah. So we pretty much shot it. Uh, I mean, through production, I am always meeting contacts, you know, uh, people, networking, and. A couple of friends, some from Cal State LA, and I got together and decided that we wanted to do something with the resources we had. So we started talking. We had a camera. We, and then there was this uh, contest, uh, a fusion documentary challenge. Mm -hmm. So pretty much, we're calling out to filmmakers that had a great story to tell under a certain amount of time, and they would give you five days to complete it. So we found a lady that uh, uh, she's. Uh, She's a lady that works cleaning houses. She pretty much uh, usually takes a six-hour train ride to, to get to work. I mean, three hours on the way and three hours on the way back to where she goes. It's pretty hard. She gets up like at 3, 4 in the morning. Mm. And she takes several trains to get to the areas where she goes to clean houses in an area that she probably will never be able to afford. But she does it for her family. And, I mean, it was just a great story that inspired us. And so we got up. We followed her through the trains. We were shooting everything we could, you know, asking her why she does what she does and, and interviewing her at work, showing scenes of what it takes to do the hard work that she does. I mean, this woman does this, you know, three hour ride through public transportation, then works for eight hours and then heads three hours back and that's her day. So that was what the documentary was about. Her name is Lydia and the documentary is called A Place for Lydia. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's uh, really important to tell that sort of story now in the political climate that we're in and the current events as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it was uh, a story that I'm sure many people are familiar with here in Los Angeles. People that are, are are working hard, trying to get ahead, trying to give their children a better chance. And as a son of immigrants myself, you know, I felt like it's a story that, although we've seen it many times, hers was definitely one that resonated because of how arduous is her trip just to go to work. I mean, imagine three hours 
how tired yeah. you are and then you got to work eight hours and then work back it definitely made me think about uh how i complain sometimes when i had to drive to places that i definitely don't have to ride a tree for three hours yeah yeah and stuff like that i, I mean it's a very important story yeah. uh yeah. where can you find that documentary right now yeah. sorry uh the documentary is now available through uh, Vimeo, and I mean, it It uh, screened on Fusion, you know, I'm pretty sure it might be on reruns, and so, yeah, you can see it there. Maybe we can put a link somewhere. Okay. We'll, we'll go and put a link for that, so if you guys want to go ahead and check it out, follow the link uh, uh, in the description, and that'll send you straight to, if you want to see this awesome documentary, as it sounds like, I mean, I'm probably going to go home and go watch it today, and stuff like that, so go check that out, guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, Marco, just kind of uh, changing gears here, you know, we're talking about um, talking about um, stories, and it seems like the the or the uh, theme of the um, os the kind of the con not controversy, but the issue with the Oscars was. It seems like a lot of uh, stories that um, shouldn't maybe be told, or excuse me, should be told by a certain, um, say, like a person of color should about a person of color seem to be an issue at the Oscars coming up. And so our next topic, um, going straight into it, the uh, Oscars of 2019, a lot of controversy there. There, there was a host, there was no host. Um, things were gonna get cut, then it wasn't cut. And just, just seemed like a general, uh, just a clusterfuck. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it was, uh, did, did you guys watch as well? I did, yeah. I watched bits and pieces of it because at a certain point I just stopped caring. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way too yeah i mean i i feel like what really brought me to a lot of the other like oscars was the host it, it was right. all about, like you know how are they gonna like present certain things or anything like that you know in the past you know neil patrick harris or any or a couple of other people have done it and you know they were very entertaining and they made the show entertaining and this year no host and i was kind of like yeah it's just oh. a presentation yeah it's just a presentation let me ask you, would it have made a difference if uh, the Academy had just overlooked uh, Kevin Hart and had had him as the host? I mean, would you have watched for him? Do you, you think what? it would have made it better? You know what? The the thing is, is that after the controversy, I still would have. Yeah, I probably would have tuned in for, for Kevin Hart just to just for his monologue, just to kind of, you know, see how he was making fun of like people in the industry, stuff like right. that, you know? Um, yeah, I probably would have paid attention a little bit more. Yeah. What about you, Gene? Um, to be honest, I, I wouldn't watch for Kevin Hart. I don't really care for him. And then I got very tired of his non-apologies. And he it doesn't really seem like he learned anything from making those jokes and why it bothered people. So, Right. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like he really didn't learn anything. I mean, there was really no true apology coming from oh, him. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't like he made a couple jokes that people were being overly sensitive about, you know, like talking about breaking a dollhouse on your on top of your son's head for yeah. playing with it is like, come on, I mean, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's really like just a little bar stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, I, I do have to agree, it is some low bar stuff, but I mean, if you, you know, look at the transcript and everything like that, when he first made the comment, he did apologize for it. And he did kind of go back and say right. like, that was, you know, that was kind of uncalled for. Right. And, you know, I am, I am sorry about it. So I can kind of see his frustration when this kind of came up again and him kind of going like, I've already said, I've already said sorry for it. I've already mm -hmm. apologized for it. You know, if you're just going to keep on beating me with it, uh, the same topic over and over again. You know, we're going to beat it on him like he beat his son with the dollhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, I can kind of see his frustration though of like, right. Apologized, you know. I apologized five years for it when I first did the, right. when I first made the comment, you know. Well, and yeah. I already kind of paid the price. But in this day and age, I mean, sorry to interrupt. In this day and age, I mean, you you should know better. He should know better. He should have a PR team. And I mean, uh, yeah. if anything, let's look at the academy. I mean, such such a big production. So much goes into it. So many people. So many hours of organization. And nobody could go through his tweets or through his stuff to see if he had any skeletons in the closet. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's well, I was just going to add, and the other thing that was frustrating too is um, they couldn't get anyone else. Like Kevin Hart was the the hell they were going to don. It's like, oh, people don't like that. We're we're not going to look for any any hosts. And I, I forgot who was at the uh, beginning of the segment. One of the uh, female presenters, and she was funny. I'm blanking on the name, but was it uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? And yeah, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. They're 
like they couldn't do it like no one could do it it was it they was, were actually great i thought they were pretty funny if you cut that bit i thought even though they didn't have a host they made a pretty pretty good intro yeah, yeah. i mean like uh they couldn't have got, yeah it just it was weird that they couldn't have gotten anyone well, I just thought it was interesting that they were pulling from a lot of different places. They got Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. They also got Trevor Noah. Yeah. They, they were pulling from, like, all over the place. Maya place. Rudolph. Maya Rudolph was yeah. the third one. Yeah, Maya Rudolph. You know, they were getting a lot of different, you know, things, different performances. Um, I really enjoyed the Adam Lambert, uh, what was it, Queen performance. That was pretty The big opening act, yeah. Uh, some people were random, though. Um, I mean, for example, uh, it was, was it Serena William? I don't know if it was her or her sister. I can't. Uh, I believe it was Serena Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Serena Williams. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. what was she pretending and why was she there? She's an athlete, and I get that they're trying to get a younger demographic, but how did it help? Yeah, um, yeah, that seemed where there's no sort of uh, through line between people. It's just like random guests, like uh, like The Simpsons, just having random people show up or something. <laughs> At a certain point, I just figured they were going into the audience and going, "Hey, do you want to? Do you yeah, do you want to go up there? <laughs> do you want to go? You want to come present? <laughs> you want to come present? You like? We got, we got an open spot. Yeah, yeah we got exactly. an open spot. We have snacks in the back in the back room. Hey, well, hey, if you do well, maybe next year you'll come back. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, besides that, I mean, what did you think of yeah. the winners? You know, um, did we all like it? Was it um, you know? Well. I was surprised by some of them. I mean, for example, first of all, when Peter Farrelly went up, I believe, for adapted screenplay, that guy was just talking and talking and talking. I mean, it yeah. seemed like the other guy. I was just looking at the guy on the right. He looked so worried, like, oh, I'm not going to get a chance to talk. And I was <laughs> worried for him. I was like, hurry, hurry the F out, Peter. Get through your list. I mean, he had, uh, I believe, a CVS receipt, you know, with the name, people's names or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Peter Farley on the Golden Globe, like, he wouldn't, I think he tried to, talk over the music and they just let him but it's like it wasn't like he's saying this incredible story about um like his uh his mom that like put him through uh film school or anything he's just uh you know he, he should uh condense his list that was uh yeah it was just a whole bunch of people and i mean at this point honestly i i really hate the speeches where like it's just a long list of 12 people that we don't even know they're like thanking their dog sitter or someone i understand that it's important to thank a couple people you might throw in there the producer or God or whoever, but come on, yeah, don't go like, tell people long on us. You're naming. I mean, that's what movie credits are for, you know. I honestly, uh, I, I'm really surprised that the Oscars haven't uh, adopted the C-SPAN method, where they just have like a little running clock at the bottom of just like names, you know. Yeah. Maybe they can submit the names prior, and they go, "This is the, these are the names I want to thank." So just like right, like look, look down on the list. But yeah, also, they, I know they get a, they have the press conference in the back. Backstage, oh, yeah. you know, after they win, and they get to think as many people as they want there, right? Yeah, but I think, uh, what was it? I think, you know, sometimes it is a lot, well, yeah, more, it's a lot it, different. Well, from, I was gonna say, like, if you know, if you're if you're gonna say a long speech, make it like uh, Spike Lee, whose speech I really love, that the themes he was talking about, it's like, of course, you're not gonna play that out. Um, whereas, what did you think of uh, what did you guys think of Spike Lee's Spike Lee's speech? That was uh, that was that, amazing. That was a that was. Amazing, and I love the idea of him using a forum when he knew he had everyone's attention. And I mean, I, I I like the speech parts of it, but then at the same time, it it felt like it was. I mean, look, look, this is you're getting an Oscar after I mean, 33 years of career, correct? Yeah. I understand that you want to use this platform to further ideas and everything, but there's Twitter to do that every day. Mm. You should really use that platform to say something meaningful about your career, about how thankful you are, you know, for well, the work you've done or something like that. And I guess he did that, but I just feel like what he said could have easily been said in a tweet or in an interview afterwards or something like that. Yeah, well, but, um, I, but I, I don't know. I, I really disagree because that the themes he was talking about had a lot to do with like Black Panther as a movie where, um, you know, the end of the film shows the montage of the uh, current administration and how it's similar to the story they're telling and it's kind of like nothing's changed. So I don't know, I really disagree where that was just, it was really uh, on topic of the of the movie itself. And I guess, right. cause you know, he's talking about his grandma who um, saved up. Yeah, I like that part. I like the part about his grandma a lot, the way she, she used to be a, a, a plantation. I believe she used to, She's, he said she was to be a slave, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. I, I don't have the script in front of me. But yeah, how she saved up and put him through school, everything. That was the sweet part. I mean, that's what I was expecting. But then when he goes into 
I don't know, there was a political rant or something like that. I mean, it's at this point, I believe I just have political exhaustion. You know, I, that's why I don't watch, I try not to watch the news because every day it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And in my household, the Oscars are like, it's like the Super Bowl. Like we watch it even if they have a sucky host or anyone because it's it's when we celebrate movies. Movies are a huge deal here, yeah. Yeah, but well, I, I guess so. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like it's the same thing as like um, somebody kneeling at a, at a, at a football, at a, which a football game. You know, making a statement at like the Super Bowl. It's because you know you have an audience. You have, I have millions of people watching. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of. Well, like, I was I was gonna add. I think it uh it uh his intended recipient got the message because I think uh, Trump tweeted at him like at three in the morning or something. Oh, he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So something I guess something about best... like he should be disc- he should he should be yeah disc- something stupid. I'm, I'm not gonna repeat it. Ashamed or something like that. He's just jealous he didn't get an Oscar. I mean, he wants. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, he wants everything no matter what. Yeah, Oscar he wants an award for nothing. He wants, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he not wanted, he, he still hasn't gotten an Emmy. That's yeah, right. I mean, I was going to say he gets an Oscar for like Home Alone 2, which totally ruined, kind of really dowers that movie. Like, I don't watch watching Home Alone yeah, 2. It was just so forced in there. I mean, he forced yeah. his way on that. That movie should hashtag me to him. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. I, I really did want the, the, the season of The Apprentice where Arnold Schwarzenegger was there to really succeed so that we could get an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good, yeah. If he gets an Emmy for for the yeah, show. if he would have gotten an Emmy instead of it getting instead of <laughs> getting canceled, I think that would have been awesome. Right, right. But um, just kind of you know, I guess to each his own. Um, but moving topics here, the uh, the actual not the actual uh, winners. What did you guys think of that? The I was I was actually very surprised by Rami Rami's win. You know, I mean, he totally deserved to win. It must have been challenging navigating his role through such a. A turbulent shoot in the movie. I mean, I, I feel like he did a great job for for the obstacles he had during that movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I really thought Christian Bell was gonna get. Yeah, his he played. I was a, so surprised. He played that, uh, Satan himself. Yeah, you know uh, what was it? I mean, it's really hard to play. You know, a bunch of penguins inside of a robot costume so well, yeah. <laughs> like Christian Bell did. But I mean, I I really don't. I mean, Robin Allen did a really good job, and I do understand yeah. that he had to put up a lot of things with. Uh, which are Brian Singer and changing directors and you know a lot of issues on set and stuff like yeah. that. But I really do feel like Christian Bale gave a better performance. Yeah, he gave a really nuanced performance where you know someone that would expect a like the mo- like the most despised like vice president in history that no one knows anything about. And I wouldn't say he um, like he really. Un- I wouldn't say like you understand that the person more but you understand his portrayal of that character yeah, and yeah. um you know and the fact that you know again he uh risked his health to yeah he did <laughs> yeah, didn't he dislocate i believe some days because of how much weight he gained mm-hmm. something like that i mean it's just crazy how totally what he does with his body yeah yeah and i i, I really do uh i mean just his portrayal and the, the time and you know the the idea of him trying to like get his mannerisms exactly the way that Dick Cheney's were. Right, I agree. I also think he gave a great performance. Again, why I was so shocked. I mean, I thought they were they were they were going to call his name. I'm pretty sure he was getting ready to go up there. And <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Yep, this is mine." <laughs> like this is mine. What of that? I mean, a, a Glenn Close. Wow, same thing. Holy crap. Yeah. I really thought this was going to be her year. I mean, seven nominations. And she was dressed herself like like an Oscar. You know, she had on a tunic that was like 40 pounds in gold. She was like, I, I'm pretty sure she had something really funny to say about that. Like, oh, we're matching or something. Twinsies. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, like, certain things. Like, I didn't – I honestly don't think that Green Book should have won. Yeah, it's not that great of a movie besides just all the uh, discourse on it. Like, it's a very – just a nuanced movie. It's, you know, if you look at like Moonlight, if you look at um, Moonlight, which one the year, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, last year's winner, The Shape of Water, those are such complex films with nuance to them. They're interesting movies. And interesting too. movies, like there is no, right, right. There's nothing else like Moonlight. Like yeah. I can't name, an, I really can't name another movie before that that had, um, had such representation of those characters and those it was so people. different and i mean to this day it's still it's still something you can watch and you can see why it won you can yeah. still see it. it it holds yeah i can't do that for green book <laughs> i really no. can't like it's it's no I, I, as a good mexican i was rooting for roma 
Right. Well, the academy, yeah, I think the academy ultimately made a safe choice because they were definitely not looking to piss off the studios by giving Netflix such a coveted price. You know, yeah. politics. I, uh, I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, I thought A Star Was Born was going to sweep on a lot of like right. different categories. I really thought Star Was Born. Was it, it really lost momentum. It, it really did, and I, I thought I was going to, you know, sweep over through a lot of things because I even feel some of the music was a little bit better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you watch A Star Is Born? I did. Hey man, you know. You like that. I, I like that. <laughs> I mean, it was the one movie that I'm like, oh my God, why were they nominated? I mean. You know what, man? It was a good movie and it sold tickets. I, I think the problem is uh, they, they exhausted the, the award circuit by starting so early. I mean, they yeah. ran around and it was just so in your face. Yeah. And then Lady Gaga, too, with her one in every hundred speech, I mean, she became a meme, you know? That speech yeah. she gave at every award, uh, accepting every award. And, you know, that's that's uh, the unfortunate truth, too, that the politics of a lot of these awards, and, you know, um, they're not, again, they're not the end-all, be-all of, like, movies and film discourse, but yeah. the, you know, if you win, you win. They put a lot of uh, films that don't get seen, they give it prominence, so that's great. But, yeah, there is a uh, certain politics to, to it. Like, um, you know, some people don't watch the screeners or uh, they just go with, you know, because it's like you hear, uh, you, I don't know, we're both members of Film Independent, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. You, you hear stories of other members where they're like, oh, did you watch that? I'm like, yes. I'm like, no, I, I didn't watch that. It's like, but you voted. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like. I voted for whoever. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the animated films, you know, the members that are 70 plus are not going to sit. Oh, yeah. Watch oh, yeah. Incredibles too. So they're going to be like, come here, little Bobby. Which one of these movies do you like? Or exactly. it's whichever one they hear the most about. So, I mean, it's not right. really fair at all. Think about the short films. I mean, how many members really go to the screenings for the short live-action film or the short documentary? Oh, I mean, yeah. not many, unfortunately. So that in itself must also be a, a politics game, you know, of yeah. uh, kissing up, et cetera. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't been through it, but I'm picturing that there's perhaps a House of Cards type of thing going behind, like, you vote for my movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can I mean, get it's, your it's, votes for your movie. I mean, it yeah. is politics. It very much is yeah. politics and everything else. I mean, I look at, uh, what was it? Look at Leonardo DiCaprio. Didn't win, you know, an Oscar until one of the... Which the are, Revenant. Until The Revenant. And right. So many different performances where it was like... Yeah, it's like The Revenant where he's yeah, screaming. You know, like, like The Revenant was kind of like the movie where you were going like, really? That's the one that they were like... That's the one? Movie. Yeah, like, I mean, and The Bear's like, where's my supporting actor award? Yeah, you know, not, you know, not Django Unchained where he, like, literally cuts his hand and you know, decides to spread blood all over his co-star's face and, ah, exactly. at that one or any of the other ones that you know, in. I mean, so, I mean, it is very much politics and everything else. I, I do think yeah. that, uh, I think Black Klansman, I mean, that would have been a really interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I heard that Spike Lee, uh, when, when it was announced, I believe, in the walked end, out. walked out and it was so well known. And I mean, I, I can't really blame him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was as frustrated as him. I felt I made like a tweet where it's like Spike Lee's all of us, all of us today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and this, in his speech, he said, choose love, not hate. And he's mm -hmm. like, F this, I'm out of here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, even what Black Panther, I was actually really surprised to see Black Panther up on the, uh, even on the list. I mean, the fact that he even made it up on the list was impressive and everything else. But um, right. there's a lot of movies I felt deserved it more than Green Book. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Any movie. Yeah, any movie. Uh, any movie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Roma, I wish that would have won. I wish Roma would have won. I think, I mean, listen, to one to be 100% honest, I didn't love the cinematography. It wasn't my favorite. And a lot of, uh, one of the friends, uh, a couple of friends kept saying, you know, nothing really happened. But the beautiful thing about the movie is not that something happened. It's that it's this piece of someone's brain that came out. It's a right. moment in life and it slows it down and it shows you. And then to some people like me who were born in Mexico, mm -hmm. and I mean, even to a friend who wasn't born in Mexico, he was from, uh, from Syria, told me this movie felt like uh, what childhood or growing up felt like. It like, felt like it was somebody's childhood. We got to see it. And through that, I felt like I was reliving my childhood. That's what that movie did. That's why it was so beautiful. It touched so many people. Yeah, it's very a slice of life. And is not, you know, what film is supposed to do. We're in Catholic. Right. Um, really, what do you think about it, Nick? Oh, um, I, I loved it. Um, I saw it at, I saw it on film. Uh, I hate to be snotty, but that was really great to, uh, 
to see it on film. Yeah. Yeah, to see the theater, it was just a Lemley by my house in Pasadena. I I saw it in not in film, but I saw it in in a theater, yeah. a digital projection. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah I, it's certainly not the most technically brilliant of Alfonso Cuarón's Cuarón's uh, films. You know, that's obviously Gravity, but it's such a personal yeah. movie, and he really tells such a incredible story with showing you his life and even though it's told through the it's told through not him but his uh, housekeeper who is almost like a second mother to him i got that impression is uh mm -hmm. yeah that was uh just really she still she still is in his life to this day so oh, yeah it's a big okay. part of his life yeah i i believe i i thought i heard he took her to the premiere well i would hope he would but he took her yeah. to some of the <laughs> hey we made a movie about your life but you can't come <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nick, did, what are your thoughts? It's on my list. Well, uh, we'll the make list. that available. Oh. I'll show him that. I honestly don't see it on Netflix. Let's talk about this. We were talking about members not seeing movies, but voting on them. What movies didn't you see? Uh, from the list of like the best ones? Yes. Uh, let me look at the list right now. Uh, favorite Aroma. Okay. What was the other one, sir? Uh, which one? You said Roma and what else? Uh, the favorite. Yeah, the favorite. the favorite. Oh, the favorite was really, really good. I mean, Olivia yeah. Coleman yeah. was amazing in it. You need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, hey, there was what? Eight choices? <laughs> I know. There, there are so many choices, too. I mean, I, I don't know if I remember right, but didn't they used to be five and they upped them to Yeah. Eight? Where there can be up to 10, but sometimes they don't do 10. Yeah. I mean, come on, seriously, that, that, that's just crazy. But to, to be honest with you, I didn't watch uh, Black Klansman. Okay. But okay. the trailer looks amazing. It's something I want to see. And I also didn't see uh, Green Book. But I mean, from the trailer, you can tell a lot about a movie from the trailer, you know? It just, seems like, bad, but... yeah, it just seems like such a uh, standard by the book. It does. It's like, hey, you drive me around. Oh, no, a pair of unlikelies are going to. You know, make a friendship. I don't know. It almost looks like I mean, a, yeah. something Family Guy would mock. The only reason in which I watched Green Book and also Black Klansman is because I was stuck on a plane from from Florida, from LA to Florida, and Florida to LA. Being honest, so I'm being yeah, honest. Okay. I, was, I was stuck Appreciate on a plane, and I was like, I don't know. I'm yeah, gonna check these movies out. Yeah. And um, I liked Black Klansman. That's yeah, definitely. Um, just kind of uh, run out a little time on this segment. Um, any other other upsets that you guys were I thought this person should win. Like, I really appreciated the actress from Roma, and she really gave a voice to uh, the indigenous people of Mexico. And there wasn't a performance quite like hers. And even though I really did enjoy Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, you know, some of the best gifts of, from that performance, um, I really think uh, she should have won from Roma. And Bale, of course, any for you guys? Well, the thing is, she, she gave an amazing performance, but again, you have to realize that I, I'm guessing from the Academy's perspective, I'm, I'm not saying I speak for them, but what I'm thinking the reasoning is that this was her first role ever. Remember that he picked her out from uh, castings, random castings throughout all of Mexico. And I mean, if you think about it, there are actors like Glenn Close that have, you know, seven nominations, have such a long career. And then, I mean, I, I, I see it being pretty hard for her, the peers of the Academy to actually yeah. give her the performance. They gave her the recognition that it's amazing. You know, your performance is so good that it's among the best, but to give her the award would have been pretty tough. I think from that perspective. Yeah. Um, any other, anyone, any other uh, upsets for you? Um, no, just Green Book winning. <laughs> I was actually really, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I was actually really happy to see that, you know, Black Panther took a lot of like the design. Yeah, I was like, glad to see that. It, it took a lot of like the the design work, the music, you know, different. You know, it was taking up like a lot of like, oh yeah, you guys built an amazing world and like just the design. You really thought you lived in Wakanda. Yeah, you really, I mean, you you, they, you felt like you lived in Wakanda. Wakanda was a real place. So it was a pleasant. Yeah, yeah it was a very pleasant surprise. Surprise. I mean, I thought something else was going to get in or anything like that, but I'm very right. Happy. Well, I guess as far as upsets go, I think the favorite should have won for best cinematography. Oh, yeah. I thought it was beautiful. And then, I mean, to know that they just, I don't know if you know about this. Well, you haven't seen it, but they used only candle light. I mean, they only used light that would be available like in period. 
And usually I would roll my eyes at that, like, oh, okay, trying to be, you know, like trying to be special or something. But for this actual work, and I mean, it was beautiful. It yeah. really worked for the story they were telling. And I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. then. Roma's all in Spanish, isn't it? It is all yeah. in Spanish. Spanish and uh, Mixtec, I believe. Uh, yeah. Native language as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, then. Um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody winning for editing was just. Oh, crazy. yeah. That, that's I mean, come on. Did you guys see that tweet post that had like the, the scene where the agent's talking to them and there's like so many cuts that. That's frustrating. It's, it's yeah, crazy. Editor. I mean, what do you I, think as an editor? Yeah, you know, obviously um, he could have maybe had some bad footage. He could have had bad coverage and he had to work around it. But, you know, you're given a movie where regardless of that, it's still the final product, his cuts. It's, where it's probably because Brian Singer was throwing shit at the moment. He had uh, to yeah, cut out yeah. the fine objects. Right. But yeah, no. ten cuts for a guy to sit down and you give that best editing, it's like you have like no no perspective, no knowledge of editing if that's the movie that wins the best editing. So yeah, that really frustrated me. I, I mean speaking truly. Once again, I, I think I should have went to Vice. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love the way that Vice was put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, all of Matt and McKay's has such like manic editing to it. Yeah. All but, his movies. But it's like but it's all but it's so manic, but it, it's like but it makes sense. It's it's this weird genius to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it takes it takes great skill to be able to do that, to to be able to make something seem chaotic, but at the same time follow a pattern where it's you're able to follow it and like you said, it makes sense even though it's all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, that that's kind of one reason why when I heard that Bohemian Rhapsody won it, I was like, "Yeah, do you not watch all the movies?" Yeah. <laughs> well, A Star Is Born was nominated for for acting, so I'm still gonna really against that. On that note, I guess we're changing top. We're, we're gonna change. We're gonna change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, he's yeah. not invited ever again. Oh, you no. know what, man? You should you should watch a Star Wars one. I'm just saying, watch it. I did. I watched it. That's why. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched it. The Star is Born stand, but yeah, you know, we are running out of time on that. Never the remake is one. Yeah. I I hope next year is better. Hopefully, more of the old like white white uh, voters in the academy just die off or something or just you never give people dead. I don't know, forfeit their <laughs> membership. I'm, I'm, no, I, I think it should change. I mean, there are yeah. so many people that were nominated that the younger members, especially, there should be a lot of new Different blood that will definitely change the way movies are voted for. And I mean, a lot of the members are pretty old, like you're saying, so. Yeah, yeah no, but I, I, I honestly, I do feel like membership should be like this thing of, if you're not working in the industry as of right now, yeah. or anything like that, like if you haven't worked in the past like five to ten years, yeah, know? that's crazy that they don't have that implemented. Yeah, yeah they try to. They tried to do that, but a lot of members, um, I believe, a couple of years ago, they yeah, they they protested. They really weren't happy about that, and I mean, it's just crazy that you want to vote and and remain, and yet you're not willing to watch the work and everything. You're yeah. not willing to do the work to make it better and make it what it is, recognition of the best work out there for the year. Yeah, yeah and uh, which I, that's what I'm saying. If they, if they had something like that where it was like, okay, cool, you know, you haven't been around in five to ten years, you know, start doing some work and then we can, you know, put your put your name back in the thing. Just so that way, you know, I, I feel like it's people that are on the outside voting for the inside. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't work sometimes. It really doesn't, like, it, it's not as cohesive as you would like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I guess just going. Yeah, I guess um, that sums it up. Going off that note, and fortunately we're out of time. Like every to, Oscar, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> this is what it is. Hopefully next year's better. Yeah. Um, but just going off next point of discussion, streaming services. What does everyone have here? Like, what are your uh, what's installed on, on your like smart TVs, guys? Um, go ahead, because I have a lot. Okay. Uh, well, I have. I always have Netflix. I mean, I I've had it since since I was in college and I used to get two DVDs, I believe, or one DVD at a time. Wow. And I mean, I've had the same account forever and I hope my price hasn't gone up, but I have Netflix. <laughs> I have Hulu for, to watch uh, The Handmaid's Tale. A friend recommended it and I'm trying to get through it. But as soon as I'm done with that, I'm cutting it off. And then every time Game of Thrones is on, I get the HBO app. And then as soon as it's over, I cut it off. I'm terrible, but I mean, Netflix is honestly the only application that is truly always there. And then I do use a PlayStation Vue 
for the news and for regular thing. I'm a cord cutter because, yeah. Yeah, it's too much for cable services. Okay, I mean, yeah. uh, I have, well, this is, uh, we share a household. So this is our, our collective uh, streaming services. But we have on our uh, smart TV, Netflix, of course, uh, Amazon Prime. And I hate its interface, but it has very good selections on older films and just unexpected things that I wouldn't think. Um, Hulu, fairly used. Um, through here, this guy, I'm getting the DC Universe app. And oh, there's a DC Universe app? Of course, I have it. Um, we'll talk about the DC Universe, <laughs> but no, that's another that's that thing. But last one is probably my favorite shutter uh, for uh, streaming service um, through AMC, I believe. AMC mm. Networks sponsors it. And yeah, I love that. There's a lot of movies I would never find or like I'd have to like rent or find it in an obscure place. Um, movies like uh, Black Sabbath. It's random horror films, so shutter all the way. Nick? Uh, I just, I, I need to pull it up because I have too many. He has too I, many. I have far too many. I have um, Hulu, Netflix, uh, let me see, VRV, DC Universe, and uh, what's our Prime Video. Oh, and yeah. you know what the thing is? That you guys don't say that you don't use Hulu as much. I use Hulu all the time. Really? What do you, what do you watch on Hulu? Yeah. You know what the thing is that I I pay for Hulu Live for so that way Hulu has all of like the live TV and it does like its recording. Oh so that's like your PlayStation Vu. That's your main It's my okay. main place to go. Not only that, but also I pay a little bit extra so that way it also has stars, HBO and Showtime. It, it comes like hmm. a little package now. So I okay. oh. Yeah, they do uh streaming they do streams. Yeah, we're now all of I, the I, sorry, I forgot to tell you. I also have Canopy. I don't know if you guys know about this one, but Canopy is uh, <clears throat> it's a streaming program that has pretty much like the entire Criterion Collection plus newer movies like Moonlight, Couple Winners, Oliver and Apurna's uh, Library, I believe. And you pretty much get to access it for free if you have a LA County uh, library card. Oh, actually, yeah. I paid five bucks to say this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you get to access all these great movies. And I mean, I believe you get, uh, it's 10 credits per month. So you get to watch 10 full movies per month. And then it resets every month. And I mean, it has a great library, a lot of great movies that uh, Netflix might not have, other places might not. And it's newer movies, you know, a, a lot of George A. Romero's uh, collection, Criterion, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty cool because I mean I was gonna say I I, I have Hulu and I also have VRV, which mm -hmm. I, I know Gene didn't know what VRV was, and it's a it's a streaming service for anime that's made by Crunchyroll, but they've kind of boxed it all together so that yeah. way it has all of the anime services where it's Funimation, Crunchyroll, everything else, and then it also has different stuff like for movies. So it also has Shutter. It also has like Nick Play. As game GameSpot, it has like all these like different things, so that way it's kind of like a nerd's paradise of like a, of a streaming service. Yeah, how long do you think it'll it'll stay being what it is before you know different shows start pulling out the way Netflix experienced Disney pulling out and Marvel, etc. You know what the thing is, is that I I really do I don't know for VRV because for VRV I like the idea that it, it is a combination of all of these things, and I don't really know how they're how the deal works because right now I pay $10, $10 and I get like five services for $10. So I'm yeah. fine with that. But um, if they were to start pulling out like shutter or anything like that, I, I do feel like shutter wasn't getting as much as popular as people thought it was going to be. Right. It is a, it is a horror. It's very, it's very, uh, very niche. Audience. It's, it's a very niche audience. And oh, okay. I, it's, it's very nice. It's nice to have shutter put in as kind of like an accent. You know, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, and also you get shut and stuff like that because it's a really nice streaming service. Yeah, I, the I interface love, isn't. It's not know, the best. It's not <laughs> the best. Um, you could need some work, but well, that's it's not like Amazon Prime bad. But that's what. Me. But that's why I like VRV because it basically just has their library and then it uses their interface. Mm -hmm. And VRV's interface is really nice. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, we know Shutter isn't that great. We just have their library, mm -hmm. and it goes over. I mean, same thing with like the DC Universe. I mean, I. Use that all. The, I use that all the time because I like to watch, you know, Batman Beyond. I like to watch Batman Titans. series, Titans, Doom Patrol. He's been enjoying the DC Universe app. I, to answer your question. I really have been enjoying that, that DC Universe app. I've been enjoying okay. it. Okay, I mean, that I, makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really big on DC and stuff like that. So I mean, that works. But also, I do like it. I mean, I really like the idea of for ten dollars, I can get comic books 
the animated series, all their movies, and, and you know anything that comes out. Don't you wish though that they were all in one place the way it used to be when Netflix was first the big streaming giant for a while? Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I do I miss wish the simpler days. I do wish that that was it, but also I I do kind of like the, I I do like the idea of okay we're we're gonna have some competitors. Yeah. Okay, if Nef if Netflix was still the only place to go to and everything like that, I feel like they would just be ranking up the prices. Yeah. Well, they have been. They have been. Didn't they just yeah. have another price hack recently? Yeah, they, they just upped the price. Uh, now and I mean, see, the thing, the sad thing is, no matter how much they raise it, like, I'm not canceling. <laughs> or not, do you really want to go back to you know what? That's people not, not being able to, yeah. I don't use Netflix all that much. I really don't. Like, I watch, I, I think I watch Netflix mostly when TV shows end. And, you know, it's not on Hulu anymore or anything like that. Yeah. And Netflix just gets the entire series. And then you can just watch the whole So you don't watch any of the Netflix original content? I do watch the Netflix original content. I just watched uh, Umbrella Academy. Great. Uh, that was It's a great awesome. show. I haven't that finished was, yet. But I awesome haven't show. started, but I hear good things about it. Some yeah, of the people are talking about it. Uh, what is it exactly about, the Umbrella Academy? The Umbrella Academy is about a uh, – it's, it's based on a comic book. Uh, I believe it's Dark Horse, isn't it? It's a Dark Horse. Yes, it's a Dark Horse comic book, uh, and it's all about these. All there's 45 kids that are all born in the 80s, and they're all born at the same day by women that were not pregnant in the beginning of the day. Oh wow! <laughs> it's, it don't necessarily explain how these women get pregnant, and it's kind of like an afterthought where you're like, okay, okay cool, whatever. So we just ignore it. It's like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's it's very comic booky of like this shit right. happened, and then well, suspension, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, this weird billionaire goes around trying to collect as many of them as he can. He ends up getting, out of 45, he ends up getting his hands on seven of them. He adopts all of them and then turns them into a crime-fighting team. It's like yeah. A yeah, except for it, the story takes place 30 years later, and yeah. they all hate each other. So um, it's like about family. Like siblings, normal siblings. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. it's it's all they all have like daddy issues and they're all messed up. They're all messed up and like they have their own problems in their own lives and the show is all. Are they superheroes them. then? If they're fighting crime? Yeah, they, they were they were superheroes and they have their own like superhero names and stuff like that. So then, is this Netflix answer to losing the Marvel shows and the DC uh, universe? Interesting. That, that's um, that's a good idea. I mean, if that is, but because there's a lot of like interesting concepts of like. Time travel, alternate dimensions, you know, we're gonna. Right. What's the, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I, we totally rec I would recommend that for you to start watching. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. but to, uh, to go off what you said, uh, Marco, the, uh, the Netflix, the Netflix um, Marvel deal, let's talk about that, because that was such a, uh, such a uh, huge blow. Huge blow. It was like a real, like a corporate, like, sleaze move where Netflix has canceled all their shows. They have a clause in their contract where, if Marvel wants to use this on District Stream and Plus, they have to wait three years. Um, the time that it would take to reunite those crews, put another team together, really was um, really was a uh, low bow to Marvel. I mean, you know, they're owned by Disney, but you know, to the fans of these streaming services, we're seeing we're seeing like a a lot of competition, a lot of like uh, streaming wars, if you will, and that's uh, that's really interesting to me. What do you guys think of that? Well, to be honest. <laughs> I really don't watch either superhero shows or superhero movies. I have to be dragged to watch something. It's just really not my thing at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know that something's being canceled. It doesn't really affect me for the weird <laughs> reason. At the same time, I mean, I, I watch a lot of foreign films. You know, I, I like to watch things in different languages. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching shows from other countries, from Spain, et cetera. So I don't really miss that, but I do have a lot of friends that watch them and I mean, they're super ticked about it. Mm -hmm. as, as far as it goes, I think uh, Disney's getting ready to launch their own application, right? Or, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do something yeah. like this. Yeah. So they're going to want to, they're going to want to pretty much put everything there along with cartoons, and they're going to want to compete with Netflix, which is not. I don't. I don't think they're going to be as big as Netflix, but they're definitely going to have a market. All the parents that want to, you know, shut their kids up and have them watch cartoons, etc., and all the people that are loyal fans to all the Marvel shows and Marvel universe are gonna actually go to it. But I'm, I'm sure they're not gonna cancel their Netflix account. So, yeah. so I think uh, Netflix just figured out, you know, we have so much money that we can either replace the content or do something else, and we just don't need them. Well, not only that, but also, I mean, if you think about it from a business standpoint, I mean, some of Netflix's original content isn't exactly the best. It's mm -hmm. some of it is kind of garbage. 
And <laughs> but not only that, but also, if we're going to be making a TV show and it's not going to be getting the viewership that we want, you know, kind of like right. some of those uh, Marvel shows, not only that, but also we have to pay a licensing for these shows. Like they're not just giving us these, these titles or anything like that for free. We have to pay right. for these. It's expensive to do it. And also our budget for anything else. And they still have to make them with special effects and everything else. You know what? Honestly, I just I think it was a business move, and they were like, "These shows are too expensive." And you know what? We're not getting the viewership that we thought we would. Right, because I mean, they're going to get people who are bored. I mean, they're not necessarily going to get as many eyes for the shows. They have a following, but perhaps not big enough to make a difference in in the way they calculate the cost versus uh, versus eyeballs they get. Yeah. And again, just like you said, there's not a lot of good stuff on Netflix, but they're playing the quantity game, not the quality. Right. Yeah, so. and the, but the thing is that then they come out with things like Russian Doll and you know Umbrella, then you're like, Umbrella Academy, and then you're like, oh, oh okay, this explains yeah, why. There's nothing else to watch. Yeah, I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah, but then it expl- then, but then it like totally rationalizes on why I keep my Netflix account, where it's like, oh yeah, yeah. these are amazing shows, and I really want to watch them, or yeah. some of their documentaries on Netflix. You know, like I just recently watched on Netflix, uh, Taken uh, in Plain Sight. Yeah. I just watched it. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's a documentary of the dumbest parents in America. That's great. <laughs> okay, now I want to watch it. See, <laughs> their shows. That's the thing. Well, I think the only thing about that ticked me off about Netflix is I used to love their rating system because I think it used to be fair. You know, um, the way you used to give a movie a percentage and now the thumbs up and thumbs down. Like it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I think they recommend a Russian Dollhouse if you liked Roma or something like that, and it's just oh, random. If- things you know it's like yeah if you watch the black and white movie set in mexico in the 19 somethings you're definitely gonna like this yeah i think they're 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 um what was it like the way that they suggest movies to you is a little bit weird yeah like what's the that's a weirdest algorithm it's a it's a really weird algorithm i mean sure it pushes like the new stuff forward anything that's new because i've noticed that too of like i was watching like a horror film and then it was like, oh, you like this, you should go watch. Uh, and then it said like- The Joe- Kissing Booth. <laughs> yeah, like Kissing Booth yeah. or like Joe Coy for like his, his comedy special. And I was like, how does that connect to, you know, the movie I just watched? I was watching yeah. a horror film, how does that work? But- yeah, uh, true. Also, but I-, I think they're lacking in their comedy specials. Cause I mean, the yeah. people they're bringing, I mean, my God, some of them are so bad. And I mean, you have to really dig through the rubble to find the really, really good ones. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, the Dave was, Chappelle one was pretty great. Dave Chappelle one was pretty good. Uh, what was it? I know that the uh, which Doctor John, Kent. All Dr. the John Mulaney ones have been great. John Mulaney. Yeah, which one? I like them. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not bad. Me and my girlfriend like this stuff. Yeah, but I, I I do feel that you know their 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 comedy and everything like that are kind of going to the wayside and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, they're they're not as prevalent. I do know that HBO. Uh, I mean, Hulu and everything else, like they do have a spike, especially when HBO is yeah. like, and stuff like that, especially HBO Go, they have, they, they even like look at it and they're like, yeah, we get a huge uptick when like Game of Thrones starts or, you know, ballers. Yeah. The thing, Nick, with uh, Netflix is that once in a while you get that rare, beautiful gem of a movie that you would otherwise have not fell across. I mean, for me, one of the ones I remember recently is Train to Busan. Oh, that's and horror zombie film. I love that movie so much. And yeah. then I heard they're remaking it in English, so I'm like, oh my God, how are they going to mess it up? Yeah, I, not, but it was just such a great movie that after that I started checking out more Korean Asian horror films right. and I realized, my God, they're really, really good at what they do. Same thing with um, Middle Eastern cinema. You know, I've, I've watched some great things from there in Italian as well. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Since I like foreign films and things from all over the country, Netflix is really good at providing that. Yeah, exactly. it's true. I mean, uh, what was it? I think uh, Hulu doesn't have as as big as a of a foreign film. No, uh, they do have they do have a large um, like classic movie library. They have their, their classic their movie classic, library is pretty. I big. would give that. Yeah, sure. Their classic yeah. movie library is pretty big. Um, but the thing is that I do have to admit that yes, Netflix really does work on trying to get a lot of foreign films or movies you would have never yeah. watched. Like uh, I know that that was Netflix is the place where I saw Old Boy for the first time. Uh, it's also where I saw the raid, the raid two. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you have to give it to them for that for that exposure. Of how much yeah. they have mm-hmm. for the movie. I mean, the department that's buying foreign films is definitely doing a great job. Really? Unfortunately, yeah. now the neat thing is they're bringing Australian uh, reality TV. Really? Like this show that that I saw recommended the other day it was like uh, I forgot what it's called something 
preggy mommies or something, but it's like the real housewives type of show, but all the women are pregnant. And I'm like, are they gonna have to get pregnant every season or what's the deal? Because that's what it's about, they're being pregnant and rich. That's what's gonna have to happen in the show. Every season we have to get them pregnant again. And then their kids are gonna become fighting superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> tie it all in, tie it all in. <laughs> tie it all together with the other shows. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really do like Netflix for that. I really like their anime too. They have a really interesting. Yeah, they're gonna bring on uh, Neon uh, Genesis. They have Neon Gen Genesis. No, no, it's, it's not Anya. It's supposed to come pretty soon. Yeah, and then also they have uh, like I really enjoyed Voltron. Mm -hmm. Like where else would we see that? Like yeah, I mean not only that, but also I have to admit, without Netflix, you would not have you know Young Justice coming back for no, 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 um, no, no. DC Universe. What about apps like uh, the, the channel apps that belong to a channel like Showtime and HBO Go? Like, do you guys have any of those, or do you get it around Game of Thrones time? Or, like I said, I I, I go through Hulu because Hulu yeah. has like, where instead of you paying the ten dollars to HBO, you pay an extra two dollars and you get HBO. Oh, that's pretty good. Bundle them up, yeah. Yeah, yeah and exactly. it, it bundles them all up. Not only that, but also when you search through their movies and the TV, it puts it all together. So that way, now I'm not going through an app. Like after, through three apps now, all yeah. of them put together. So now I can just kind of go, okay, cool. What are the movies that I have available to? Yeah, me? exactly. Like, like stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. They, you know, they, they, you have to give them credit, even though there are some qualms about Netflix that shouldn't really need to be discussed. There's really some critiques. Yeah, but I don't know. The good of it certainly always a bad for right now. Kill blockbuster. Kill blockbuster. How dare. But you know, we don't, hey, do you guys remember Blockbuster where it was like four ninety nine for like a movie, and they're like, if you don't get it back, like the like next day, hundred dollars, like a hundred dollar overcharge fee. Put your picture up on the thing. I I I was never a big Blocks Blockbuster fund. We had Blockbuster fund. We had a fan. Sorry, we had something called Hollywood Video. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, saw. Really I I don't know if it was the knockoff Blockbuster type of thing. The affordable one, and then we had the corner video guy. I mean, man, I, I forgot his name, but that guy was the nicest, and he had the best recommendations. I miss that guy, the VHS guy. I mean, yeah. VHS guy that owned the store and was there, and you never really knew what he was doing. That, yeah, I know. I, I do kind of miss that from being in a blockbuster because he was very much your recommended. Yeah, it was very much your recommended because he's somebody who's been all he's been doing is watching all the movies. <laughs> And like as soon as you turn in a movie, he's like, you're like, oh, I don't know, what should I get next? And he's like, well, <laughs> well, let me tell you, let me tell you about this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a movie about a train and zombies. You should really check it out. You check it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I I don't know if if you would have told me about a human centipede though, I would have went back to that. Probably story. not. You know, <laughs> because Netflix will. If you watch My Little Pony, that's the next recommendation that's, from Netflix. That's next recommendation, human centipede. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so just winding down here, guys. Let's um, let's just briefly discuss the. Uh, you know, we talked about how much of content there is mm -hmm. out there. How do you guys see this kind of last few points? This going like maybe ten, five years from now. You know what? I I, I do feel that at a certain point, some of these services are just going to die. Right. Or yeah, be yeah you saw with uh, Filmstruck, which unfortunately was shut down last year. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I, do, the numbers I do feel that, right. I feel like they're gonna be absorbed. They're, a lot of them are just gonna be absorbed together where it's like, okay, instead of losing all of the content and everything like that, losing the service and losing the customers, we're just gonna you know, connect it into another service or anything See, like that. Interesting that, that was supposed to be what Netflix was the answer to. Netflix and streaming was supposed to be, okay, we hate cable, we hate paying for all these useless channels, there's too much crap, we don't really watch and infomercials and all this stuff. So let's start getting streaming services. And then they started uh, breaking apart, you know, into different things. And now we're starting to bundle them. And I mean, if you look at your bill, a lot of people say, oh, I, I watch Netflix because, you know, it's it's cheaper or I'm, I'm doing apps because I hate paying for cable. If you look at everything you bundled up to really get all the content, it it really really more than cable, yeah. It really and does. Yeah. You have to have good internet, strong enough to 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 do it. So it is a, everything's going to start just like you said, yeah, Nick. Everything's going to start bundling up, and I mean, we didn't even discuss things like uh, Vimeo or YouTube. You know, I mean, they're out there. I I use Vimeo a lot to watch short films and to watch other people's content as well. I don't really trust YouTube for that. No. So I mean, there, there's that as well. There's just so much. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of these different streaming services. I mean, even like Google Play, uh, Apple, uh, which are Apple, Apple TV, TV, which is now coming out, which is now coming out. Uh, I know too many. PlayStation yeah. has their 
having content. I mean, my God, did you ever think MySpace was going to make stuff? Facebook is. It's like Facebook is trying to get oh, in there. I, I never thought that I would I would ever see the day when I was like, oh, yeah, did you guys buy that new Facebook item? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, uh, what was it? Actually, funny story. That's actually the reason why the Oculuses were taking so long to, like, really? get shipped out is because they didn't have a manufacturing, like, like, a way of manufacturing things and like shipping them out to people. Huh. So like they were kind of like, oh yeah, let's sell pre-orders, and they were like, wait, how are we sending these? Up? How do we send it to their house? That's crazy. <laughs> so it was a huge thing, but but I really do think that these these are just going to be absorbed together. I mean, if you really want to go uh, bang for your buck, I do recommend uh, not paying for three separate ones. Go to which are go to Hulu. That way you can bundle up Showtime, Stars, and. Uh, or do it the college way, share passwords. I'll give you my Netflix, you give me your Hulu. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised yeah. they haven't done something to prevent that in different households. I mean, I'm not sure if they well, have a way of doing it. Hulu does. What? Hulu does it where, um, like, let's say you log in on your phone. Yeah. Uh, if it's not connected to the registered Wi Fi. Hmm. It won't let you. Oh, it, it will automatically sign you out and say that you are not registered. You are not connected to the registered Wi-Fi. Please reconnect. Wow, that's funny because I mean I, I get it through uh, Spotify. I have the bundle of Spotify and, and Hulu, uh -huh. and I I found out the other day like seven people were connected to my Spotify. I was getting like Japanese music and Korean music and then <laughs> hip hop that I don't listen to, and I logged on is like seven people on my account. So. I'm surprised they weren't on my Hulu. I guess that's why they weren't on my Hulu as well. Yeah. No, yeah, because uh, what was it? I gave it to I gave it to my girlfriend, and she was using Hulu to watch it. And I think there's a time limit, like it needs to continuously keep logging into that Wi-Fi on the phone, yeah. uh, or else it'll just automatically kick you out. Because I tried signing in at her house with my which one with my sign in, and it immediately yeah. went, "Would you like to make this your home account? If not, please exit out." Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so Hulu well, Netflix doesn't do that, so that's why maybe Netflix is the the king of all streaming, the one we should go with. I feel like Netflix is just like, listen, we know you guys are doing it. We're not going to stop. Are you still watching? Are you still sharing your passwords? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Netflix. Honestly, they don't care about viewership. They really don't. They just care about who's paying for it. Yeah, exactly. Bottom, really bottom that's, line. It's the bottom funny. line. They really <laughs> are you still sending your check? <laughs> yeah, our, our, is the direct deposit still going through? Then we're there. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with our password. Right? There you go. Share it. Yeah, uh, this is funny. Like probably twenty-seven people can be on our account or something, but I don't know if that many. But like you said, where are we going with this? Ultimately, with all the content that it's out there, there's just too much. We just mentioned in, in the span of I don't know forty, fifty minutes about three, four different shows that. All three of us haven't seen, you know, you're watching something, he's watching something. And in the old times when we used to have only like certain, when everybody had cable or we only had certain channels, people could have water cooler talk about certain show. I think nowadays the only show that a lot of people can actually talk about is something like Game of Thrones, something that's massively watched. Yeah. People, uh, yeah, people can talk about it. The same thing I watched it, you watched it, we can discuss it. Where now, Whereas now people are watching different things. We have so much that... We can separate into it, and we go into niches and, and those kind of things. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, if you, I would definitely recommend Hulu and get the live service, so that way you can actually use it as a DVR. That's that's my recommendation. I feel like that's the best. If you're yeah. if you're trying to aim for a like, I, I can only afford. I'm only going to spend it on one. And yeah. that's it. And I can't. And I can't buy the other ones or anything like so, that. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess the takeaway is this. Uh, Buy what you can afford with this. Yeah. <laughs> Buy what you can afford. Take advantage. What you like. Yeah. yeah you know, just, just get Gene's password. Yeah. Gene will share his password. Yeah, I know. Uh, take, adva know. take advantage of those 30-day trials. Uh, see how much you like it. And then if you really like it, that's when you make the purchase. Don't, yeah. don't purchase just yet. Or yeah. another account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up our topic. I mean, I'm sure we could talk about this for hours and hours. Yes. Yeah, since you're crazy talking. But, um, yeah, thank you, Marco, for joining us. Um, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no it's, good to, it's good to have finally have you on. Um, where can people find you at? What's your uh, Twitter handle? Okay, my Twitter handle is InfantiBlades for my Instagram and uh, Twitter. So that is, um, sorry, just making sure it's the same. So it is I N F A N T I B L E, InfantiBlade. Nice. At InfantiBlade, yeah. Follow the link. It's all about.
Uh, uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, Nicholas Valero on Facebook and the Nick Valero on Twitter. Find me G9892 on Twitter, Instagram, all the same. And please like, share, subscribe. Um, please ding that red bell because that's Punch how. The you, shit out of it. Yeah, that's how you get um, notifications that each episode will be out. We'll have uh, some retrospectives coming out. Batman should be up soon on our YouTube channel and the iTunes. Um, thanks for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>